This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, United find it rough against the Diamonds. And it's more hell than heaven as D ship seven to Celts. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And podcasting alongside me today are George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And with Alan Temple sunning himself on a beach somewhere in the <laughs> Lothians, Craig Cairns. Hello. Long time no see, Craig. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, you've not got enough time. It's <laughs> only meant to be an hour long. This that was the wrong mate. question, Craig. <laughs> anyway, b- before we get down to business... Given the midweek results, we'll keep this bit as long as possible before we have to start speaking about football. A couple of public service announcements. Remember, you can watch us on YouTube, which is quite good because if the topic of conversation is boring, you can count my chins. And also, do you realise this is a first for the podcast? We've never recorded a podcast on February 29th before. Ah. So, and by yeah. the way, ladies... Just to avoid disappointment, <laughs> I'm already unhappily married, so <laughs> no proposals today, thanks very much. Tanya listens to this podcast, doesn't she? No. They may be in trouble. <laughs> she hates football more <laughs> she hates me. <laughs> right, I suppose we'll have to speak yeah. about football now, the, eh? The, we'll, we'll, the leap year special is going to be miserable. I <laughs> know, <laughs> well. The, Craig, um, I assume that at Tanadice on... Tuesday, there were no proposals, but there'd be a few profanities because 2-0 defeat to Airdrie was not what United wanted. No, and it was uh, unlike the Wraith defeat in that the the performance wasn't there either. Um, They got into some good positions at times in the game, but there was was no final ball or there was nobody on on the cutback or the cross. uh, the second half, they, they just didn't really get going at all. Airdrie were were much better on the ball, again, without creating a huge amount, but they took advantage of a United mistake and got the ball in the net. The second goal doesn't really matter. It's, it's similar to a game earlier, uh, sort of the reverse earlier in the season when United were 1-0 up in the dying minutes and Airdrie were chasing and they, they made it 2-0. Yeah. Uh, it was a very similar goal to that, the second one. Um, so yeah, not too much in the game, but I think the the real disappointment was that not only did they not uh, take any points from the game, that there really wasn't a performance there to to take any positives from. And Pear, it's it's another problem game at Tannadice. Mm-hmm. Don't anybody faint, but I was looking at a few statistics. United have now dropped thirteen points at home, as opposed to five away, and. Of course, statistics are the thing in the modern game. The average 1.69 points at home and 2.42. Now, obviously, that's all. A lot of that can be dismissed, but they're almost a point a game worse off at home. That's it's not how to win promotion, is it? No, it's a home forum. Or certainly not make it easy. Yeah, home forum continues to haunt uh, Jim Goodwin and Dundee United. I don't really know the reason behind it because they got fabulous support at Tanadice. Jim Goodwin seems to have pinpointed the fact that they're maybe a bit laborious when they're in possession um, at Tanadice. And I don't know, maybe that's because teams tend to sit in a wee bit more. So they find themselves with a bit more space, you know, from the back 
and along the back line. So instead of being proactive, they tend to spend a wee bit too long on the ball. And as such, they're not opening teams up. They're not, they're not dragging teams about as quickly as they should. And it's a real frustration for their fans. You, you, you can sense that, you know, at, at Tannadice, you know, the performances when they're getting seven and 8,000 for their home games. And it's something they need to sort out pretty pretty soon. Um, we're in the home straight. I always say, you know, they, they can't afford... You can't afford to fall off the pace. When you're in the home straight in a two-horse race, normally the, the horse that, that that takes the lead goes on and wins, so you, you can't afford to, to slip behind. So, you know, while it was, uh, it was a disappointing defeat, what I will say is Israel are a good side. I've been impressed with Israel all season. Um, they're beating oh, United, they're beating Dundee, they're beating St. Johnson. That shows how good a side they are. They like playing football. I think you can get at them because they tend to take risks at the back because yeah. that's the way Riss McCabe wants, to wants them to play. But they're a difficult, difficult team because they do keep the ball. They don't just kick it away. But it's a poor result, result for United. The only, the only positives I, I could take from it is the fact that Wraith Rovers didn't pick up full points and jump above them in, in the table. And it's the home form is a real concern for Jim Goodwin at this point in time. It's something they need to address very quickly. Aye, George, as, as Bear says, Airdrie are a good side. They're a, a possession-based side, if you like. But one thing, and I've down the years I've been critical of the championship. But one thing I've noticed, and or I noticed in my time, as the years passed, a lot of championship teams are good at keeping the ball. Mm-hmm. Their problem is the problem that United have just now is turning that in, that possession into goals. But if you're Airdrie away from home, you're not chasing goals. You're you're making sure that you keep a clean sheet and hoping for goals. United need to find a way, don't they? They do. Um, and they've got the players to do it. I think we all know that. It's, it's just putting it all together. It's the issue at the, pro- at the moment. I do like Airdrie, as Pierre says. I was really impressed with them uh, against Dundee. The, the, it was way back in, in the League Cup group stage. Um, but I thought their movement in midfield was, was excellent. They opened up great big spaces in the middle of the Dundee's midfield. I don't know if they were doing that on Tuesday with United, but... Dundee back then really struggled to deal with with their movement and it probably was the quality of their players in the end that meant that Airdrie didn't really make the most of that and Dundee should have won that game and they ended up losing it on with a penalty but they're a good side um, having watched the championship so many years I've seen this before in terms of this sort of me and Bear were talking before the podcast that exactly this time last year Dundee got beat at home by Partick Thistle 3-1 and everything looked bleak and folk are having a go at the manager and all sorts and then suddenly they got a win on the Saturday and they didn't lose another game all season and they kicked on so it wouldn't surprise me if United do that but it's up to them to go and actually start doing that it maybe helps them actually being away from home for the next couple although they're tough games Partick Thistle and then Morton um, they enjoyed the trip to Partick uh, a lot earlier this season so they'll be home to do that again nobody enjoys a trip to Morton <laughs> not even Morton no no well, they do this season to be, to be fair Morton have been very good yeah and it's, a, it's always a tough so, one it doesn't matter where Morton are I mean it's yeah. even worse that Morton are going well just now <laughs> because, because it's always a hard game at and it's, it's third against fourth I mean which tells you yeah they're, they're two of the better sides in the division um, I do I, I mean on I the do think side, United are they do like going to Partick Thistle exactly very often so hopefully Saturday yeah I, th- I think I, last time they went to Partick and it was a very good win the pressure was on 
too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They made it, it was almost a statement when last time with Thistle. Thistle, so, a bit of a sticky run themselves. No, I'm always wary when you play teams that are on a sticky run because I'll host it. Bear, just more a done deal later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get there, we'll get there. Just to, to add to what has been said about Airdrie there, the... They are a good footballing team, but they've got a lot of streetwise players in their team as well. They're quite a short team, but uh, like I say, that, that's why McCabe plays the way he does because he's got a lot of short players. But like I say, there's lots of streetwise players within that sort of possession-based approach. And they've beaten Wraith three times this season. They've beaten them 1-0, and I think they drew the other game with them. So there was like the, there was the the Challenge Cup game, and I think in the off the top of my head, I think the three league games, they've beaten them 1-0 twice and drawn with them. So... They, they they can be a very handy side on their day, as you kind of pointed out their cup results earlier. They, they've had some impressive ones in the league as well. Now, I agree completely with my journalist's head on with what Craig just said. But as a Dundonian and a fan <laughs> of a team in this city, my response is, I bet it's Airdrie. I don't care when. Yeah. I don't care where, when or how United play Airdrie. As a, as a fan... Mm. I expect them to win. Yeah. And it's that's not fair. It's not giving Airdrie the, the respect they're due, but it's something United have to live with. And mm-hmm. Declan Gallagher's touched on this. There is an expectancy there, and it'll never, ever change. I mean, Dundee have been on the verge of bankruptcy in the Championship at times, and they're still expected to beat everybody unless there's a Hearts, a Hibs, mm-hmm. or a United in that league that, fans consider another Premier League team if if it's an Airdrie a Wraith a Morton as hard as we say it's to go to Capilo fans in this city expect their team to win and that's something United are going to have to live with over the next few weeks yeah but the weight of expectation is something United have to carry that's I mean Jim Goodwin knows that he'll have drummed that into the players the weight of expectation can't drag you down no, it can't. You know, you've got to, you've got to live with that. The players he's signed have got to be aware of that. They're, they're coming to the biggest club in the championship, and when, when they go in that park, the fans expect them to win every single game. Now that that isn't never going to happen all the time. That's, that's that's never possible. But United at home do seem to have an issue now. And is it is it because the expectations too great, or is it because the way? The way United set up at home, I don't, I don't know. Tom and Jim Goodwin must be, must be scratching his head on how, how they sort. Like, I mean, we spoke last week about Jim Goodwin and, and the game at Wraith, and was it time for United to maybe change it slightly? And you know, Alan says, I'm not sure, and it could be. And they did. They changed it for the mm. game against Queens Park, and had it looked like they had a really comfortable victory against Queens Park. And then I think Jim Goodwin, quite a few of the players go for it a second time and it just doesn't pay off so where does he go does he, does he revert to maybe more experienced guys and, and try and squeeze the most out of them for, for the running or does he keep persevering with, mm. with, with younger players who may be affected a bit more by, by yeah. expectation and trying to I, get a result I remember um, United were good enough to invite myself and the aforementioned unhappy wife <laughs> <laughs> who took a book when I uh, when I retired uh, and it was a game against Queen of the South, George. I did that game. I remember you waving at me yes, from across the stadium. Yes, I was. Yeah. Uh, it was great because you could see the clock on the side of the stadium I was. But I remember <laughs> in that game, I think United were one up. I think it finished 1-0, did it? I can't remember. Anyway, that. they were one up very, very late in the game. And the United fans were wanting more goals. Benjamin Segrist, great performer for United. The crowd got down a wee bit. And he started... 
he started booting the ball the length of the park because mm-hmm. the fans wanted a second goal. And I always remember, Callum Butcher, I could hear him shouting. Callum Butcher turned around at him and said, what are you doing? Keep the ball. And it takes that kind of character at times. So it's great. The, the, the support that United get is fantastic. I would not at all be critical of him. But does it take a player at times, if they're one up or even like Tuesday, if they're one down, keep the head, keep doing the right things and not react to that pressure but you're, you're to get got, the ball you're the players in, in the team ex- with experience that, that should be passing that on to the younger yeah. players the guys like Declan Gallagher Kevin Holt Louis Moe Wotherspoon Sibbled in the middle of the park you know Dockery when he's fit so there's enough players there to say look what we're doing here let's let's not lose sight of what we're trying to achieve here you know we'll get the victory but do what we've done well in the past I think it's it's probably Quite a good thing. I think United's next two games are on the road mm. because that's yeah. where their best form has been this season. You know, they've, they've been fantastic away from home. But it's a couple of massive games for them. There's, there can be no doubt about that coming up. You know, and as I say, it's it's on a knife edge at this point in time. But what you cannot afford to do is fall behind. And it's, it's that time of the season too where you're looking for them to grind out wins, aren't mm-hmm. you? It's not. Uh, Earlier uh, in the season, there was fives and sixes. You and take, that's you great. take, uh, grinding's exactly the way I said Dundee won the championship last season. The, the ground out towards the end of the season. George mentioned that end of February, they lost the link, they lost the Partick, mm. never lost another game. But it wasn't through sheer brilliance the ground out results. I remember them being 3 1 down at home to Morton at one yeah, point yeah. And, and, and snatching a point with the last kick of the ball. You know, nothing's up against Cove Rangers. It wasn't pretty, but they managed to get themselves over the line and. You know, I think, encouragingly for Dungeon United, I don't think Wraith Rovers are setting the heather on fire at this point in time as well. It's to say, Craig, you've seen a bit of Wraith as well. I mean, normally at this time of the season, you're waiting for, you're waiting, who's going to crack? Mm-hmm. Who's going to break? Who's nerves <laughs> going to go? It's almost the opposite. Are the two teams, who would you back to hold their nerve or find their nerve at the minute? <laughs> um, I think there's still a lot of questions to be asked that Wraith, uh, right now, what kind of form they're in, because if you look at the last three, they've drawn one, 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 and lost one, haven't they, I think? Yeah. And then there was just a... If you go back further, the form's even worse. And, and just yeah. before that, there was their run of five yeah. uh, defeats in a row, including two two cup competitions, I think, that, that run included. So, yeah, I think we're still waiting to see how Wraith have come out that poor run, exactly. I, I still think Dundee United, if all those things that you guys have been talking about, if they can sort of hold their nerve, if they can use the experience they have uh, in the team that they didn't have at this point last season when they were in a relegation battle. Jim Goodwin's really made a point of bringing in those kind of characters for these kind of scenarios. Uh, But yeah, I would still think that Dundee United, what they're doing is a bit more sustainable and probably be enough to get them over the line. Yeah, but like I say, there's... We still don't know what kind of wraith has come out of that run. They've added a defender uh, who, as we'll come on to later, uh, may not appear for them again towards the end of the season, uh, for the for the rest of the season. Yeah. So who knows how the rest of their season is going to turn out. But I, I think, yeah, if I was putting money on it, I would probably still stick with Dundee United at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. Because you look at United, I mean, that, that, my uh, usual ridiculous confidence, a lot of it was based on Declan Gallagher, Kevin Holt, Doherty, Sibbald, players players like that, Moulton, Watt to get goals when they were needed, 
maybe not a barrel load of goals, but the the ones that give you the one nils and the two ones. And I must admit, what surprised me most on Tuesday was not the United nil; it was the fact that Airdrie got two, and with mm. Gallagher back in the team, and I was ultra confident that United would go on and clinch this league. I'm not so confident now, George. Well, that's that's the man that said they'd win the league by October. Take me a February. It only happens <laughs> once every four years. I do think the second goal, not to like take a, I'm not yeah, trying to yeah, put okay, a gloss yeah. on it, but the second goal was definitely inconsequential to uh, the match. And like I say, you could say the I same about earlier in the season. Especially with a goal difference anyway, if, you, uh, if you're not taking a risk at 1-0 down that too, in, yeah. an injury time with that kind of goal difference advantage mm. over the rest. You mentioned Gallagher. He was playing up front at that point, so... He couldn't really do anything uh-huh. about the mm. about that goal they conceded at the end. So yeah, I mean, it's still a terrible result, but it was a, it was it was one goal. It was half as bad as you're making it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing that interested me about Gallagher's return uh, was Jim Goodwin's uh, handling of it, where saying that Ross Graham had a mm. right to be angry. I, I must admit, I would be saying to Ross Graham, "Well, if you've done what Declan Gallagher's done." You get right back in the team after you've been out injured a while. Yeah, I mean, and that's not that's no, no pop at Ross Graham. He's a young boy, but I mean, at any at any level, your what Declan Gallagher is to Dundee United means yeah. as soon as he's ready to play seventy minutes, he's a senior he gets man. 90. He's, he's, he's yeah. a senior player in that position, and I think Ross Graham would, would recognise that as well. He's he's, he's no mug. Um, he was maybe Jim Goodwin in fairness was maybe giving you boys a nice story <laughs> <laughs> and I'd said that to Ross but Graham. I think that I've been really pleased uh, with Ross Graham when he came in I think so when, he, when he first came in he would maybe struggled to because he hadn't played so much he's, he wasn't quite at his top uh, performance but I, I obviously haven't seen a huge amount of United but against Wraith I was quite impressed with him it looks like he's uh, Kind of broadened out. He's, he's, he's a lot more stocky. That I noticed when mm-hmm. there was just a picture of him. I was like, oh, he's, he's he's quite big these days. After not seeing him since last season, um, so I, I think I uh, probably it's maybe a, a decision to make for Goodwin. But I, I'm, I'm guessing he'll stick with his his experienced player. I mean, Kevin Holt scored a hat trick at Partick Thistle last time. Um, not sure he'll do it again, but <laughs> you never know. Um, One of them was ridiculous. Was it not come across? Have you missed it? Hit him on the knee or something and ended up so. in the back of the net. Was One of them was a screamer as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, there's the Dundee fan. Was what? I one of them was from about forty yards. <laughs> <laughs> but Bear goes with the fluke. <laughs> but Holt no, scored like his Kevin career Holt. best like, goal and it's yeah. forgotten. I like Kevin Holt. I liked him in yeah. his tens and he's done a great job for United. And I think you're right, George. I think Jim Goodwin will. It's just uh, two main men at the back. Is this is not the time. To be to be chopping and changing in there, you know, even despite the fact they've had a couple yeah. of indifferent results. It's, it's amazing how quickly things change, though, because obviously the last time we did this podcast, we were on the back of the Wraith defeat, and we've already skipped over the, the really good win against Queen's Park. Yeah, yeah, um, which saw them kind of go behind and then show. You thought they put the home travails to bed. Yeah, they, they showed a bit of character in that game with the going behind because the pressure really would have been on at that point after losing to Wraith and they came back. By the time we do a podcast next week, they'll play two games again. So, I mean, the, things could have changed completely by that point. Um, and I'm, as kind of Craig was saying, I'm, I'm not wholly convinced that Wraith Rovers are going to take advantage of any slips that United make because they haven't. 
so far. United didn't really make any take any advantage of the race slipping be, up either. It'll be interesting to see. I think, yeah, I think if you look at it, I think it's fair to say that, that Wraith Rovers have the easier of the two games. No disrespect mm. to Arbroath, but it's a tough one for Arbroath playing three days, you know, after yeah. a part-time team coming back in and playing on the Friday night again after, after yeah. taking a bit of a doing. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if Wraith can can get a bit of form going and, and get three points on the board for, for that one. Like. They have to be looking have to be. It's a great, great, great chance, chance to put pressure to, on, on, on United. Not just to get three points, but get the as you say their form lifted yeah. to back what it was earlier in the season just, just to go back to the Ross Graham thing I think the for performance against Wraith did make it more difficult for Goodwin to make that decision because yeah. I think he was always intending to bring Gallagher back in when he was fit but yeah Graham had a difficult time against Morton and then responded and mm. was yeah. very good until he came out the team after that but I think when you're in a title race as tight as this, I think it's about getting your best players on the park. And yeah. I think it will be Gallagher and Holt unless there are injuries towards the end of the yeah. season. Yeah, and the problem for Ross Graham isn't just how good Declan Gallagher and Kevin Holt have been this season. It's that their level of experience as well, isn't it? Yeah, it would be mm -hmm. very, very hard to leave these two, either of these two out when they're fit. To me, I mean, I was watching uh, the Liverpool game last night and Ali McCoyce made a general point about Liverpool and Arsenal if they're going to succeed for all the great attacking players they've got, it's probably their centre-half pairings that will win them trophies between now and the end of the season. And I, I tend to think that. And that's, that's my biggest reason for not being in a darkened room mm. and panicking about United is I still look at that defence and think, that's the defence that wins leagues. Yeah, in fairness, they have. They've got the best defensive record uh -huh. in, the, in the league. You know, they've, they've been bar one or two perform Pro Probably the best goalkeeper in the league as yeah, well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that, that gives you real encouragement because for a while, and, you know, for a long time, Wraith Rovers have been guilty of shipping goals left, right and centre. But but for a while, they were coming out on the top with, mm -hmm. you know, five goal thrillers, seven goal thrillers, Wraith would, would, would edge it, you know, but you can't, you can't maintain that. They'll not be able to maintain that in, in the last run of games. It's the team that, that has the best defensive record will win this title. Yeah. You just wonder if you know um, if Jim Goodwin will, will will revert to experience and just put all his experience. We're talking about experience at the back, but is mm, he going to yeah. is he going to persevere with Mo and Wo and the team together? You know, get get all your Sybil Dockery, just get all your experienced men in and hope that they can guide you over over the line. I think you're hoping as well that somebody finds a spark. I think that's what we're yeah. waiting for. United were doing well earlier in the season. They, they, they were getting goals from all over the park. Um, but if, if United can find someone, just need one, one, of their, one of their forward players, you know, whether it's Moult or Watt, you know, um, can come up come up with something. Kai Fotheringham can I've, come up with goals on a regular yeah. basis. His, his goals have dried up, haven't they? I think yeah. that's maybe been part of Which what's has. happened in the past few weeks. Hmm? Which has fathering and fathering, yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. It's, it's, I, I mean, think that's why he's found himself out of yeah. the team. But he's, he's a young yeah. lad. He's an exactly. exciting young talent. You know, it's, and it's not a criticism because no. he's no. had a great season. But I mean, United, so he's another he, one. That, I mean, I know what I've said about experience, but he he's another one that I would always be tempted to play just because he keeps going back. He misses yeah. don't seem to bother him, mm -hmm. and I, I always like the positions he takes yep. up in the final third. I always think. He might not be involved in the game because the ball's not coming down his side, or he might be having a bad game, but he's 
always taking up really good positions. And I, I again, at this time of the season, I think, well, it doesn't matter how bad you're playing, the ball drops in, in front of you and you can see the goal hover shots on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's where we're at now with United. I think Jim Goodwin, when he's looking at, he's got the biggest squad in the championship. He's got he's got a lot of players that he, he can, you know, put in and, and bring out. But I think we're now looking at who's done it for me in the past. <laughs> who's done it for me this season? Who, who's 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 the man I would trust to get me a goal when I really need one? And I think Fotheringham is when you're talking about guys like they're bringing Matty Matty Cujo. You know, mm -hmm. I, I like Matty Cujo as a player, and he'd start the season really well. But I still think Fotheringham is more likely to get a yeah, goal I'm with when you. it's required. And another thing I'd like to see, and I mean, I managed last week's podcast, I managed to completely forget his goal against Wraith, but I, I don't think there's the fear factor around Louis Moult uh, for opposition defences that there was before Christmas. And I, I would like to see him him back to bossing central defenders yeah. the way he was earlier in the season. And I'm not, I mean, he's, he's, he's still chipping in with goals, but he was just... When the ball went to him, you could see that defences were very alert and very worried, and I haven't had yeah. that sense in the last couple no, of months. To be fair, I mean, he did score against Wraith, he did score an absolute screamer against Queen's Park, yeah, yeah. but because Louis Moore, what he's done in his career, you, you expect that a wee bit more. To nah. him. And I'm, I'm a wee bit scared. I've become a modern yeah. manager where yeah. the number nine doesn't just have to, I mean, goals goals are almost secondary at times, it's what, what, he, do, what he does for the team. I just... Yeah. I, I think that he, I don't know, and I'm maybe being unfair to him, but I just think he's yeah. the wee bit lacking from his overall performance that was there earlier in the season that made him made United really feared when they got into yeah. the other team's half. I think I probably agree with that exactly what you're saying, and it's up to the manager and his coaching staff to to, to rekindle that sort of spark, not just within Moat, but within you know Tony Watt as well. You sometimes look at Moat and Tony Watt and ask yourself, okay, can they really play together? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that works. As well, but we're guys. We're getting the stage. Oh, he's but an, he's an experienced guy who's going to produce. Tony Watt can come up with, with the goods we've seen at, at every level of football. He produces moments of magic that the other clubs in the championship just don't possess. So, when, like I say, when you're on the home straight, I would go with your bankers and 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 Moulton Watt for me. You know, at this point in time, do have to play. Another worry for United this week: David Wotherspoon took a knock. Yeah, we went off in the early in the Queen's Park game with a calf strain. Um, asked Jim Goodwin about it after the Airdrie game, and he said the Thistle game this Saturday will probably come a bit too soon for him, but they're hoping to have him back in next week. So it's not a serious injury, but uh, he probably won't be involved on Saturday. And again, it's one of these things, really great player, you want him available every week, but if he's going to miss a game, it's possibly you want it to be an away game because maybe he's biggest worth to United is doing what they haven't been able to do too often is break teams down at Tannadice. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like David Warspoon. I think he's a brilliant signing for United, but he did come with a bit of a, a track record of, you know, injuries. And certainly you don't want to be taking a risk. You know, there are, uh, you know, 10, 11 games to go, whatever it is. Um, you don't want to be risking a player and putting them out, you know, for the, the run. And it, uh, it's always too valuable for them. So... One game off, so he doesn't doesn't tweak anything and and get him going again. That would be that would be ideal. Although having said that, of the two games that are coming up before we pod again next week, you suspect that 
the Thistle game will be a much more open game. I think so, but <coughs> Morton are a bit different this season, I think. Under Emery last season, they were really, really strong defensively. This season, they seem to score quite a lot more goals. Um, even though it's largely the same team, I think, uh, in terms of the big players, anyway. Um, I th- On Saturday, getting a hold of Brian Graham, I think, is the, is the main thing for United against Partick. Uh, he seems to be in really good form at the moment. Uh, keeps popping up with goals, even once I get disallowed um, from offsides, uh, <laughs> questionable offsides um, in recent uh, weeks. But... That's because they were both onside. Um, I, I quite enjoyed that. George has been on jury duty <laughs> this week, by the way. He's, 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 it's a new George. He's weighing up all what evidence. <laughs> um, no, I just liked that there was no VAR and everyone was going a bit mental about the decision. I thought it was great drama and entertainment. We don't really talk about that. It's quite um, refreshing. Quite refreshing <laughs> to see players chasing after the referee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm not entirely convinced by Partick this of this season. I know they're third. Um, and they're a good watch, but aye. But I think you can get them. Yeah, them, and I think United can get them. Conceded a lot of goals in the aye. last few matches. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if Dundee United click, then there, there's goals to be had there. They're they're on a bit of a poor run at the moment. There's times where this fixture would have looked a lot more difficult. I yeah. would say, even just a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, aye, be before the last two results, to, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, also think last season it was Wraith and that they were stuck between yeah. too far from the playoffs and too far from the bottom Partick are almost now after that uh, defeat last Friday against Dunfermline Partick are now they're in the playoffs they're not going yeah. to they're not going to finish first well, I, don't the, know. I don't know and they're not going to finish fifth they yeah. They're only no, six I, points. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Tom. I think they are in, in a position. They just need, they need to be careful. I think, though, ah. I mean, as we've seen in the past, how important it is to, if you're not going to finish in the in the top two, get yourself into third at least. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, finish finish as high up as you, as you possibly can, and you want to be going into the playoffs in a positive frame of mind. Morton are on an, an absolutely fantastic run. I mean, you Morton's position at the start of the season was false. When you Dougie oh. Emery and the players that he still had at the club. They were a better I, team. I, I didn't think their goalless draw at Starks Park was yeah. a terrible result for Wraith. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, and Morton came with a late, late run last year and they were within a whisker. I mean, Dundee, that game at Dens that we've already touched on, I had to win that game at Dens, they would have been right in the mix. Not huh. just not just for <coughs> a, a playoff slot, they still had title aspirations. Mm-hmm. And they, they only finished the season six yeah, points behind Dundee. That's right, and uh, I think they, they, just, the they, they missed out of the playoffs because yeah. of, uh, the game Inverness at the last... Some Inverness yeah. scored were, the they last, not, were they not in the playoffs in the last ten minutes or something? Something yeah. like that, yeah. Out of them in injury yeah, time or something. It was like a that. sore one for Doogie Emery. Although every, everybody, uh, everybody except Wraith on that final night was either relegated or promoted at one point yeah. in, the, in the night. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're a tough, tough side and... Uh, First and foremost, for United, they've got to take care of business at Partick, and it's a ground where they've had a reasonable amount of success. You know, like Craig says, I think there's goals to be had for Dundee United on on yeah. Saturday. And we haven't watched Partick against Dunfermline. There's definitely goals <laughs> for Dundee United to be ha- had. You know, so um, it's that bizarre thing about United this season. Though. When they're away from home, if you say United will keep a clean sheet, you say three points. Mm. At home, when you say United will keep a clean sheet, you say well, it might be point, three points, yeah. but it could be a point as well, and it's. It is. It was a, a word I saw in your report that Jim Goodwin used. I think was frustration. 
It must be getting really frustrating for them. Yeah, and also for that, you mentioned the fans earlier. I think for them as well, because if you think about it, if you if you buy a season ticket and your team is mm -hmm. absolutely imperious away from home, and then ah. you're served up, sometimes that can be down to teams sitting in, as was alluded to earlier. I saw that with Dunfermline in League One last season. Certainly wasn't the case against against Airdrie, but yeah, it's it's definitely frustrating when you see how well they have done on the road that you can't give that to the to the paying customers that turn up in their in their thousands at home. So Craig's basically saying, don't buy a season ticket, <laughs> buy a train ticket. They try to get me banned. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> banned. banned. While Alan's on holiday. And before we switch over, I, I believe I, I managed to miss this, I must admit, but I believe old mucker Dave Bowman's back doing what he does best. <laughs> it's a surprise, wasn't it? Got red carded. Yeah, yeah Goodwin had been booked uh, not too long before that, and the Airdrie Twitter account because we were getting asked by loads of people afterwards that Goodwin had been sent off. I think the Airdrie Twitter account put out that he had been sent off, but it wasn't. It was shown to, to Davy Bowman on his bench. Yeah, I think he kicked something or something like that. Although, in fairness as well, I'm going to, I'll always defend Bo. Is there not that thing now where the referees are told to pick one if they, if they know something went on? So it might not have been him. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he might just have been a victim of the, the usual suspect. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it's like, an easy yeah. target, Dave. Yeah, I, I think so. As good as you know what, I love Dave Bowman just for the passion ah, that he continues uh -huh. to show after all these years. Maybe we've got a channel in the right direction, but you know he's still passionate about Dundee United and what he does at that club and he wants the team to do, do well so that's not a bad thing and I must admit I quite like the policy of booking players for dissent because I think that there needs to be it's up to us to criticise mm. the referees there needs to be more respect for referees in the game on the park but when, you, but when you're talking about a guy that might be 20 years older than <laughs> the referee I think that I, I, I think there maybe should be a wee bit more leeway you think? No. I mean, you just want to be able to say what, whatever you want to the referee. I think. <laughs> that might definitely deserve much. a red card. I'd give you a yellow card if you could then. Anyway, that's all for United. So, Dode, there you are. You're sitting there on jury duty thinking, well, every cloud has a silver lining. At least I don't have to go to Parkhead tonight. <laughs> and suddenly it all finishes early. Yeah. And you got to go. I got to go and yes, I was uh, stuck in traffic on the way down and, and was... Uh, oh, so what, how, many, how many of the six first half goals did you, <laughs> did you miss? Thankfully I made it in time for them all. Were you stuck behind a broken down bus by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily for Dundee, the bus this time broke down on London Road, so... Celtic came and sent them a bus uh, to go and pick them up. So I don't think they affected them in any way other than just. A, I mean, an the team buses only got one job. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, the, the yeah. team buses don't even take the kit anymore. I know, that's three times this season they've oh. either had an accident or they've had a problem. But um, it, was, it wasn't anything to do with the bus with their defending. I, I think they could have done with parking that bus in front of the goal, maybe, but it was. Stuck on London Road. Um, it was a, we've, we've seen it before. Celtic have a good day. Dundee have a bad day. They've not had sevens very often, but um, it was just, it's one of those to just forget immediately, I would say, uh, and move on. I nearly scored 
twice in the first minute or so. They were really good for the first two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the first goal, what was that? Uh, seven minutes, it was so simple. I think that's deflated them a bit because it was just a free seen, kick into I've the box. I've seen that one. God love him, he's been a hero, but not only did he get himself booked, but I thought that the free kick that led to the goal... Owen Beck had the chance just to slide in and put the ball out for a throw mm. in and try to try to jostle with a Celtic player to win the ball, ended up pulling him back and I thought it was a booking. Yeah, and, then, so. and then the free kick, as you say, is so simple, isn't uh, it? I've, on, on, on Beck... Um, Did Bakayoko forget that he was actually marking Carter? <laughs> he looked startled. He's like, oh, here's somebody would, jumping above yeah. me. It's a wee bit... So I'm not sure I would have my striker on their best header. Yeah. No, I have to say. no, I thought um, it was a funny choice too. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if that but was the plan. But since he's there, he might as well try <laughs> to do something. He just got absolutely. Uh, Carfax just got right over the top of him. Um, Fairness, he did. He, he got done to him what he's done to a lot of players. Ah, at the other end of season, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the other goals, yeah, crosses into the box, headers. O'Reilly absolutely free in the middle, no detracts him. It's an easy header. Trevor Carson, I think, made two or three saves I think you can't really criticise him for any of the goals he conceded uh, because they were so simple most of them it was just it was just a really really bad night um, they were lucky it was only seven I think uh, it's a funny one Bear I mean it, well for a start maybe it's a character flaw in me I, these big defeats I always find myself laughing when the goals were coming, mate, it was what's happened. You go, there's another one, it's another one. I just kept laughing. I get more frustrated <laughs> at, you know, a 1 0 defeat when you think you could have yeah. won that mm. game. But I'm, uh, after 15 minutes last night, yeah. uh, I'm thinking that this game's gone. Yep. Move, on to, move on to Saturday. Just try to keep it more respectable than they managed to. Mm. But, and maybe on, in that tone, was Saturday against Hibs more disappointing because they went to a Hibs team that was vulnerable, yeah. gave away a ridiculous goal via yeah. penalty. Trevor Carson, Trevor Carson was I saw saw pictures of him coming off at half time. He was still <laughs> ready to shoot himself, quite frankly, because he for those who didn't see, he, he actually seemed to catch the cross. Yeah, I went through. His then he dropped it. I think it was too easy for him. Yeah. Then he punched the ball. Yeah. And then he tried to kick it, and like a, missed yeah, and just, kicked yeah. the player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he just wiped him out. He was just on a, just a moment of madness, really. Yeah. I mean, he should have caught it, and he flicks it away from. He does well to flick it away from the Russian Hibs player, but he's got to appreciate. And it's hard when you're you're in the moment. I've got to say, but you've got he's got to appreciate he's not going to get to the ball before the Hibs yeah. player at the edge of the box, and Hibs player's not going to score from where he is. There's no. loads of players between Meet him and the goal. Big, eh? Just make yourself bigger and try and do something, but he had a, a well swipe at it. And yeah, yeah, Dundee didn't play very well. Easter Road certainly, certainly first half, Tony Dock made changes. Um, they, were, they were better. The biggest disappointment for me, Easter Road, was I think there's no, can be no denying that Hibs deserved to win. And I've got to say, uh, having watched, Hibs have saved their best form for games against Dundee this yeah. season because mm. Hibs playing like that should not be in the bottom six. The three games they've played against Dundee have been excellent. They're obviously not, they're obviously not doing very well against other teams. There's a reason because they've been every game I've seen them, that they've done well against Dundee. Um, but the biggest disappointment for me was Dundee had 
looked like they were going to take a point against the head sort of thing, you know, they, they had it in the back. Again. And then they just they just lost their lost their sort of concentration, I would suggest, you know, right after they'd scored and you know it's not just Jordan McGee I've got to say, but he's culpable in, in as much as he goes towards the ball and he, he should what he should really do is either right. track the runner or step inside to force the man with the ball to play it wide and he goes towards the ball and leaves a huge gap yeah. in between him. Um you know, and, and Shaughnessy and, and Joe Shaughnessy is one on one. But I've got to say, it's a quality finish. I don't care. He's good. He's really I, good. I don't care. You know, was it Mayuda? Mayuda. Yeah. Sorry. It was a quality finish from the guy, you know, to show composure like that, to turn back on himself and put it in the net. Well, that was the biggest disappointment that Dundee had a point in their grasp and they let it slip. Yeah. That is a Hibs team that's starting to click a bit now, though. Yeah. I think that. Um, I know and Dun they're always dangerous going forward, which will be a problem for for Dundee. They were very good in the Edinburgh derby last night as well. Uh, Mark Condes was very good in that. So yeah, the players that they signed in January, mm. uh, who've got decent pedigree, are are starting to do match winning things for them now. Yeah, they they, and it's what the team were missing before. So I, I do think um, that is a team that's starting to click a bit there. Um, in terms of Dundee and where Dundee are this season, I, I still think there's enough positives overall this season they've been a little bit streaky this season I guess and this mm. is a, a, another sort of bad couple of results but I think if you look at it in the context of the season even if they were to drop a couple of places from where they are just now finish eighth I think from uh, a manager who obviously has a lot of experience in the game but is still learning things for the first time yeah, from from time one. to time here it's the first time he'll as a manager he will have been on a heavy uh, on the end of a heavy defeat like that I think overall, in the context of the season, there's there's so many positives to take from mm -hmm. from Dundee's season. They start games well. He seems to have an eye for a player and be able to put a squad together. And I think with a, another transfer window in the summer, I, I do think um, it's looking positive for for Dundee for next season. I just just briefly, Bear, going back to your point about uh, Ollie, going back to the Bear's point about McGee moving forward, is he a victim of the the modern trend of? Certainly, when we started covering this game, you, the policy tended to be get back, get bodies in the way of the ball, defend mm. your box. But the, there is a modern thing now, and, and it was never a thing. I mean, I can remember as a kid being a hopeless defender, but I was never told to try to get in front of somebody. Or, but now they seem to like mm. managers, it could be. like players. Yep. Attacking the ball and well, trying to get get it high up, it's maybe it's come I, from the press. And I think you you got an idea of what the manager was thinking. He spoke in his after match, match conference. So he said he felt Dundee could go and win the game. Now, from a position of being pretty poor the whole day, mm. the fact that there's ten minutes to go, he wasn't thinking about no. sitting for a point. So maybe that's that's what the players were thinking Take as well. Take a point. Traditional. Yeah, exactly. Get as many men behind the ball as you Aye. can. But they got caught. They were going forward. They lost possession. And and that's how they got caught a wee bit short at the back, and it was it was a sore one. But uh, they, they do like to play though. They do, yeah, yeah, which do. is great. And, and we shouldn't try to knock that out them. No, think, not at all. I think that was maybe there was a bit of that on uh, last night at Celtic Park. They didn't really get much of a chance to play, but I think yeah. that's kind of the ethos of the team that yeah. when you come up against Celtic, oh. that Dundee aren't a team that's just going to set every ten men and yeah. the edge of the box. Tom says you, you can only laugh, and I think we, you get to a point where you do. I mean, because you know we're not getting paid. We weren't, I, I wasn't at the game. I actually saw it um, on the box, but uh, 
You know, Tony Doherty certainly wouldn't have been laughing at it. I mean, no. the, the no. quality of the defending was, was abysmal, I've yeah. got to say. I mean, there's... The, there's uh, all right, Carter Vickers gets a jump for the first header. There was a couple other headers that Dundee players didn't get near, but there's no excuse for not tracking runners. I saw it on both sides of the park. You know, midfielders not tracking runners into the box. Greg Taylor makes a run from about 25 yards to go and end the one ball and scores nobody near him. Somebody scores in the middle. You know, it's just mm. just was not was not good enough. Um, Tony Doherty made changes at half time. Um, I've got to say as well, you know it's not your night when, you know, Curtis Main, yeah. who didn't have a great first half, he hardly touched the ball, the board, the scored a really board. good goal. A really good goal, and it's a fraction offside. It's but, one of those ones where it looks like they're guessing yeah. where the armpit is as well. But he used, like, used his body well and took it really well. But not only that, that extra three minutes then gets added on to the three minutes of stoppage time. So the first half lasts 51, 52 minutes. Yeah. Celtic scored in the 51st minute for a sixth mm -hmm. goal. You're like that. There's just nothing regular. When I looked at the stats at half time, Celtic had had seven shots at goal and had scored with six of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. there's somebody said, uh, sorry in advance, Tam, but somebody said to me that XG was something like 2.33 or something like that. You asked a yeah. tactics question yeah. a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, their XG was something, and I don't know if this was at 6-0 or 7-0, but their, their XG at one point was 2.33. Yeah, so it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. Isn't it? But in the second half, in total, I had 17 shots, so in the second half, I had another 10 shots and only scored one. Ah, they also had the bar twice. Yeah, to be fair. So, and, uh, I, no, I, but to be fair to Dundee, they, they kept plugging away. They made, the changes in the second half, I think, helped them. Yeah. Most Salah coming on. They go to 10 men, you think, you know, Salah could really turn the screw here, but Dundee scored an actually, actually quite a good nice. goal. It was a nice, nice, nice play. It's good to see Michael Mellon come on back and, and took it well. So I'm trying to put a positive slant on the side. I know, it's easy to see they never paid the 30 yards <laughs> no, for a ticket. I'm trying to put a positive <laughs> slant. But what, what I will say is, like, like, about Scottish football in general, Celtic and Rangers are a mile away from everyone else in Scottish football. That's not to say you can't get a result against them. But they are, there's, a, there's a massive, massive gulf in terms of finances and, and the, the, the players and the squads they have. You only have to look. Last Saturday, the third place team, Hearts, went to, to Rangers and lost five. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're at. And this is, this is going to be a continuing theme going along. See the days that Alec Ferguson and, and Jim McLean building provincial clubs and going and doing winning the championship, mm -hmm. they are gone. The best you could possibly hope for, I would, I would suggest, is where we're at now as a provincial club, if they can split the old firm and it would have to be a really bad season for one and of the firm clubs. Also, added to that, I think um, that's been coming for Celtic. They've been yeah. on a bit of a poor yeah, run. You're always They've been under pressure Celtic to put in a performance like that, especially at home. They were booed off after... Uh, a narrow win over Ross County at home mm -hmm. a few weeks ago and there's been the comments from from Rogers about writing their own story and all that kind of stuff so Celtic have been under pressure from everyone to be putting in a performance like that and after why did they have to take it on I know, the deal I know, I know. and and criminally as you guys have said <laughs> Dundee it's three simple balls into the box and they've scored three goals and then it's difficult coming back from that and because Celtic uh, are under that pressure to not take their foot off the gas. They've just gone and steamrolled them, and uh, so so yeah. I, I think it's um, a little bit unfortunate, as, as you say. It's always it's always going to happen. There's just too big a gulf that if Celtic or Rangers do click. Uh, on a certain day it's difficult to stop them and it can happen to any team including the third place team mm. I do think it's quite funny that after all the Celtic fans were crying foul that Hearts had laying down to Celtic at the weekend that their next result they go <laughs> and absolutely hammer somebody yeah. so, so there you go well, the, the, the big thing now for Dundee is make sure there's no hangover make sure it doesn't affect the matches going forward that's, ah, that's is this where Tony Doherty uh, 
earned his money. I go back 25 years, Dundee, for, I think they finished fifth in their first season back under Jockey Scott. I think they got six twice at Parkhead. But but Jockey was very clear about those the, the games mm-hmm. against the Old Thunder. This is not our competition. This is not who we are playing against this season. We've got to go and fulfil the fixtures. But so, Tony Jockey actually said that uh-huh. exact kind of phrase that won't and define our season. And this is where season. he earns his money the next couple yeah. of days, where he gets that... Th- I mean, he, he has to go through the basic errors that were made and... and uh, the bad craft, if you like, Bears talking about, you know, not tracking runs, mm. but Tony Doherty, and maybe use it saying that you owe the fans one, but also say to the players, uh, it can happen, it's not Celtic and Rangers are not your concern this season. Yeah, well, he, he didn't, it's probably the, the most um, critical has been, been of his team all season because he, he's not one type of manager to hammer his team. Even Bear post-match. would struggle to praise. He wasn't praising them either, I don't know. <laughs> he sounded uh, very level headed though. Yeah. I thought it sounded like he sounded like an experienced that manager. Of course, yes, but that some managers can't do that. Some managers can't switch it yeah. off and no, uh, yeah. I don't know, you've seen uh, not a good example, Warnock chucking his players under the bus recently. I mean, it'd be easy to do something like that, but well, I, I Dundee felt didn't have the bus, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it's uh, it's um it, it I, I just thought he was very sort of level-headed and measured in the way that he, he dealt with it after. Yeah, th- I thought he spoke quite well, considering the, the the nature of the defeat. He was talking about accountability and ownership, and he stressed that multiple times um, for himself and, and the players. Um, but he also said along the Jockey Scott lines of these yeah. games won't define us, the games that will define our season is games like Saturdays against Kilmarnock. Mm. So they need to, they just need to shrug it off. It'd be interesting to see how many changes he, he makes uh, to his team because obviously he's made, the last couple of games he's made quite a few changes uh, mm-hmm. trying to find the, the formula. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm guessing the guys that came on the second half are in with a good shout. To, to get one thing that one will be enforced as well, with Robertson going off. Yeah, oh, they, they, yeah. they really didn't need that either. Um, on the ball, I thought, I thought Finn was one of the ones that was actually trying to play a bit. Him and McCown were the only ones that were getting anywhere near pass marks uh, from my point of view. And then, yeah, when you're 6-0 yeah. down, or was it 7-0? Lost count. <laughs> um, I think it was seven at that point. There was more than ten minutes gone in the game, so it was somewhere between <laughs> three and seven. But the, the last thing you need is something like that, where it's it's not just on the night, but it affects the night. Go back to that, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to slaughter the boy because I think he's he's a good player. He's still young, and hopefully he learns from it. But it's bad craft because you've got an excuse when it, you're one 0 down or one and trying to get a point. 1-0 up and trying to mm-hmm. preserve three points but when a game's gone don't get a red card yeah and it, and you don't have to put a tackle in there's, there's yeah. 50,000 Celtic fans here crying for blood um, and I don't think it was a clever a clever challenge but they want to go back off yeah well <laughs> I, I, I think it possibly was a yellow card and he, he had to go um, but it was, it was just tough one fun. I thought he, he did alright you know I, I think it's it's hard See, when, you, when you're playing against playing against any other team when you're in trouble, your mates can probably pull you out of trouble. See when you're playing against Celtic? No. You can't. You've got to do your job because your mate's got another job to do, which is yeah. equally difficult. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't help you. If you sort of lose your man or give the ball away, you're in big trouble because Celtic take full advantage of that. And uh, 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Tony Dock has not been slow to make changes. Mm. Um, a couple of interesting decisions last night. Obviously, Portales came came right back into the into the team uh, and, and played the full. He wasn't. He wasn't. I, he did. No, I, I don't think so. Um, but ninety minutes might. Yeah, it might help him. That might actually yeah. do my favour. You know, getting that into his legs. Uh, I think. Joe Shaughnessy has played every single game, I think, for Dundee, and he looked really leggy, I've got to say. Yeah. A lot of players can look really leggy yeah. when they're playing against Celtic and they're flying, yeah. but he's looked a wee bit leggy in the last couple of games. I'm just wondering if you, if you, if you contemplate you know, taking him out. Well, that, uh, taking him off at half-time, that's the first time yeah. he's not been on the pitch for Dundee all season. Mm -hmm. That oh, second half itself. I would be surprised if he's not back on Saturday, because he, he, he is a leader for Dundee. He's been, yeah. He has been a great signing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th I think he has looked a bit tired. He, he was struggling at Hibs. Marley did give him mm -hmm. a couple of times he turned him inside out. Um, and You never know, he's maybe yeah. carrying something. A maybe, lot of players uh, do by this time of the season. Aye. Um, so uh, that'll be an interesting one, yeah, because... He's been such a big player, but he does he does look a bit tired. To be fair, Dundee have, have bounced back well yeah. you know, yeah, this yeah. season. That's why the, the, a lot of clubs have done them favours as well. We've got to see they still find themselves in sixth place. Do we really if, want to play the old firm twice? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If it, it's, 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 it is quite bizarre, but if, every time Dundee lose, the, the results elsewhere are about as good as you could get for yeah. them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think so. But to be fair, they've looked after themselves. I mean, Obviously, you've had two games. You're, you're away at Easter Road and you're away at Parkhead. Now, even in the best of times we've done, uh, those are two difficult venues. They've, they, not, they've not won it either no, in over so, 20 years. So. Um, you know, but they have bounced back well. We saw that. They played St Man. We spoke on here a few weeks ago, the poor performance at St Man. They had a couple of big games coming up against St Johnston and Roscombe. They won both of them. Yeah. So they've got an equally big game against Kilmarnock, who are really, really rating, who obviously... Derek McInnes has got the measure of how to play against the, the old firm, and that's why they're sitting in, in fourth spot and, and doing so well. You know, they ran Rangers close last night. They're a robust side, but Dundee have had really tight games with them. Two draws yeah. in the league and, and you know, a, a cup tie, which they lost 2-0, which was over after about three minutes. But Dundee made a good fist of it that, that yeah. day, certainly. Um, so it should be a good game. They've got some home games coming up as well. I yeah. They could do with... I think they would have much preferred Aberdeen. Yeah. Up yes. Wouldn't, wouldn't everyone, George? Yeah. Yeah. Having, <laughs> having, having, there's obviously the break after the Kilmarnock game. Neil Warnock, Scottish football's favourite house guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they could have done with that coming uh, yeah. quicker than it is, but you know, no, Aberdeen might still be in dire straits at that point. One, you know, a selection <clears throat> issue that interested me last night was that he didn't play Silla. Which yeah. is mm. on paper or, or on the surface, it's a strange decision not to play who is obviously your best defensive midfielder away at the old mm -hmm. firm. Is that maybe an indication that Tony Dock, he, he, he wasn't prepared to take seven, don't get me wrong. No. A bit of realism from Tony Doherty saying, save, save his well, legs for games we can win. Possibly, I, I think. Could have been. Because both things bit better on the ball than Silla. So I think it was, it was a bit of. We're going to have to try and keep the ball here yeah. to, to give ourselves a, any sort of chance in this game. And I think it was more about playing playing some football uh, at Celtic and, and maybe that's that's just the thing that backfired yeah. instead of going for... Because Silla is a out-and-out -out ball winning midfielder. Yeah. He's really good in the tackle. I do like He's the not kick it a long way yeah. away yeah. from yeah. your own goal tactic. At, they certainly, they certainly look more solid yeah. when he came on in the second half and that might be down a, a few things Celtic maybe took their, their yeah. feet off the, off the pedal slightly I've got to say although you know it, 
you never know with Celtic what they're, what they're going to do. But to be fair, um, Boateng came on, came on Easter Road and Dundee got better in the, in the second mm-hmm. half. So it's bet- between the two of them, you know, with my defensive head on, I would, I would always play Silla because he is the mm. better of the two defensively. And, and the record shows, if you look at the games yeah. that he plays, they don't lose a single figures goals. goals. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, again, we're, we're questioning a manager who's playing yeah. football that, for playing football that's usually very good to yeah. go and watch. And it's a, it's a difficult one. Staying with last night, Jordan McGee. Do we have to? Yeah, you right, do. Okay. Yeah, suffer Jordan like McG- I suffered all these years. <laughs> yeah, uh, McGee went off at half time. Um, went down towards the end of the first half. Um, we've not had any word on, on how serious it is. I, I don't expect it to be that serious. I saw him uh, come out in the second half and walk to the bench. He was limping a bit. But if he's out for any, he, he would be a big miss, I have to say. Yeah. He's been excellent lately. Nice. I think he's. Everyone struggled last night. He had real trouble against Malida on on Saturday, but he's not going to play against him every week. Um, and I think he's he's been really strong lately. Obviously, scored well, his which goals, is Kelly well, Kelly threats are on the flank. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Matty Kennedy, Danny Armstrong on both sides, and Derek McInnes just won't him to go down the flanks yeah. all the time. So if McGee's out. Does he bring in Josh Mulligan? And not well, only he, he didn't very... he didn't do that last night. No. He put on Mulligan at half time yeah. for McGee, but put McCowan to right wing yeah. back and put Mulligan in the middle mm-hmm. which actually worked quite well it doesn't make, I, I, I like would Mulligan we right. do one all in the second half boys <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I would I quite like Mulligan at right wing back I think he looks like yeah. a, a really good wing back to me an attacking wing back but he added a bit of strength in the middle of the park and McCowan did a decent job even though he's on, on the wrong side there um, so what I was going to say about Jordan McGee is not only has he been very consistent this season he's one that Never looks tired. Aye, there's, there's a few, a few have looked leggy, but he, no. McGee's right from his first game at Dens, he's, he's a fit, fit yeah, boy. Yeah, when he's he's playing, he's a fit lad, yeah. Other players you might have accused uh, with the score at 5 0, I think, at that point, going down injured, like, oh, aye, sure, <laughs> just get yourself off the pitch. Yeah. But John McGee's no, not that type of boy. That would be the first time at yeah. uh, Ibrox or Parkhead, there's a, there's a fight to get on the <laughs> table first at half time. Yeah. No, I'm more um, injured. But no, I mean, if if McGee could play through the injury, he would have played through the injury, even in a game, like, probably more so in a game like that, trying to help out his teammates. Um, Tony Dock's a big fan of him as well. You can tell yeah. that he really likes him. Because he can basically play John McGee anywhere, anywhere across the middle. I don't think he's quite big enough to be a centre-back premiership f- like for an extended period, but he'll he'll go in and do your job. I think he's good at right-back. Part of a three, maybe, yeah. Yeah, exactly. he's good at right-back. He can play in the it's middle. It's great to have a player you can have 38 team sheets printed up with his name on it, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's great for a manager. And, and the opposite manager yeah. doesn't really know no. where he's going to play. And he's, John McGee, as we've seen, has got a goal in him as well, which is, hmm. you know, adds all adds to his sort of credibility of being in the team from the start, yeah. week in, week out, you know, so... Yeah, he'd be, he'd be a big a big loss if he was out. But you know they do have a big squad. Obviously, ah, that's yeah. how that's how Tony fits them all in and gets them all back on it again. That was a tough night for him last night as well. Ah, you know what? Dundee doing Dundee that did Liverpool a, thing of academy kids. We've yeah, got players. Dundee did a lot of chasing last night. <laughs> Dundee did a lot of chasing, so there'll be a few tired legs today. I would imagine when they're when, when they're yeah. in again, th- just just sort of wee warm downs and. I think Donnelly will come back in. I have to say. Yeah, um, yeah it was a bit wee bit unfortunate not to. Because his family were in. Were <laughs> going yeah. to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, he was doing I the pre-match. You boys built him up. Exactly. Pre-match. I know. Oh, that, that was nothing to do with me. I was on duty. 
not, it's nice to see. But I mean, terribly frustrating for you guys, but it's nice to see uh, Tony Doherty keeping some traditions. I put him up. He's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been there before with that one. Was, that was yeah. a really good interview. I really like it. Oh, that's a really good piece. I really like it. And then you see the team sheet and go, Ah, he's yeah. not playing. I, I interviewed a guy uh, a few the left back. Uh, it was a pre-match. Uh, preview I can't even remember his name he never played a single minute for Dundee but he was, he was ex- because he was put up right. we were told he was going to play and he'd never Marcel Lewis no no this season no it was oh, three right. years back uh, oh, he was sorry. from Brentford I can't remember his name which tells you how, how much of an impact he, made. <laughs> he, was, he was a nice lad but <laughs> at least you gave him not his 15 play. minutes of fame yeah exactly Dundee didn't exactly. no um, but I big game I mean it they have, to, they have to show the home crowd something, I think, yeah. right from the off, don't they? Yeah, I mean, as I say, they've bounced back well this season when they've had to. They've won the games they've had to win. Kelly will be a real test. Kelly, I'm really impressed with what mm. Derek McInnes has done. Remember, this is a team that just kept their heads above water last season, which is all mm-hmm. Derek McInnes said that all season. They yeah. just promoted. They just got promoted by the skin of their teeth. They, they, they kept themselves heads above water last season and look at them this season. Look at that Kilmarnock mm. side now. They're deservedly and deservedly and imagine what you'd have done if you points. got rid of Tony Doherty and you realize that. That was a joke, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's, that's maybe something to look at from a Dundee point of view. Yeah. There, uh, Kamarnak exactly. were the newly promoted team last season and they just only yeah. just stayed up. I mean, Dundee are the newly promoted team this day, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's last night was a huge disappointment, but as long as the season keeps going as it has generally been going, it's great first season back in a great sort of building block for Dundee going ahead especially compared to the last few times oh, in yeah. the oh, yeah. Premiership so mm. yeah and they were well out and before we go this week I think we need to mention poor Lee Ashcroft uh, it's a man a... who's got lots of praise here and, but we can't the one thing we can't give him is luck yeah fingers crossed it's, it's not as bad as uh, was it last worst? Saturday he had to come off hamstring I think it was his debut was it yes yeah yeah so he's he's um, had to wait a long, long time to get get some football this season uh, at Dundee, and obviously gets his move to Raith Rovers, and uh, it looks like there's a possibility he might be over before he even gets going, which is a big shame for him because um, he deserves to be playing. I think yeah. everyone knows that the attitude and the ability he's got, particularly at championship level, yeah, is very strong. Yeah, see, we spoke beforehand; he's had issues with his hamstring before, which yeah. have kept him out. And when, it's, um, when he's had an issue, yeah. it's been a long term. It has, it has been. So, yeah, it's it's a real blow for, for the player. I'll say it's, it's a real blow for Braith Rovers yeah. as well because that was a fantastic loan signing for them. But, uh, you know, hopefully... Well, everybody hopefully, wanted them. Uh, I think that they're hoping, best case scenario, four to six weeks, which we take it towards. But even even having him back for the last few games could be could be pivotal. Just kind of wondering if I mean, hopefully it's not. Hopefully he's back in a couple of weeks or so. But if that's his only appearance for Wraith Rovers, he'll he, he'll probably look back because in years to come, he'll be wandering along a road in Fife and a Dunfermline fan will go, "Ah, you never came back." Ah, uh, yeah. And if it was for the sake of fifty odd minutes, <laughs> I know that's a frustrating thing to live with <laughs> over a period of decades. Anyway, good stuff, guys. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us.
Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice 